Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Rolls out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, pitches look at it this. to oh, Mo Williams. Touchdown! You gotta be kidding Welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. It's been a little while. We've had a lot going on, but we are back, and we are excited to get into this offseason, talk about some Vikings, talk about some uh, you know, NFL, Super Bowl, talk about some new leagues coming in, and just generally talk about what's been going on, what we've been up to, and how things are going, because... Why not? It's the offseason. What else are we going to talk about? So, uh, man, let's hop right into it. We got the full crew, so we won't keep you waiting any longer. QB1, how you doing? How you been? You've been busy, my man. How's it going? Oh, snap. Did we lose JR already? Because I see him, but I can't hear nothing. Prince, can you hear me? Yeah, man, you know the the rifle air of the of the QB thing. <laughs> yeah, the man, I'm on my laptop. I'm on my laptop, so it's moving like at a super slow pace. Okay, all right, there we go. We got it's Jr. back. Uh oh, Jr. Nah, it's, it's called having a ten year old laptop, bro. We gonna need to do better, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get an upgrade here soon. Cool, cool, and Jr. is trying to negotiate a new contract and include him <laughs> as a new laptop. Boom. All of us can't afford MacBooks, you know. Yeah, like Saxy Prince burning that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you been, Q? I've been good, man. Been on the road the past few weeks, but I settled in now, so I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. Miles, my man. What up? How things going? I feel like the travel has slowed down just a little bit. I leave in like two weeks. <laughs> hey, what two weeks? Two weeks? Did they give you a little break there, or has it just been you know? Yo, I'm going out to North Carolina. Oh snap! Where? Where? What part of North Carolina? Durham. I'm about like for real. They uh, I get on us. I get in on Sunday. They have a North Carolina. They don't have a Duke game, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty upset about it. But North Carolina plays Virginia. I might try to hit that up. Okay. Well, that's just make sure university. you get some barbecue, some real barbecue while there you're you here. Go. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's just the universe trying to save you from yourself, Miles. Get you back on the right path. No Duke in your life. Go watch <laughs> North Carolina play. Go watch them lose to Virginia. <laughs> Why you got to be like that, man? Why you got to be like that? Hater. Yeah, that's no, true. I'm good. I'm good, though. Yeah, things have been good. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Saxy Prince, my man. You find your car? I did, though. 
<clears throat> the only problem is, is I found it with a ticket on it. So, I mean, we're going to have to have a conversation or two to see how I can get that all rectified. But the car was found. Okay. Well, happy you found your car. And before we go any further, obviously, we want to thank the listeners. Uh, we've been away for a little while. So, you know, y'all come on back. Tell your friends. See the only, back. Only, have to be on the uh... lose his car. <laughs> hey. It's real it's gonna be like Calvin Ridley. Miles, you've been down before. You know how I beat. But but you don't even drink, man. I mean, you don't have that excuse. Well, I mean, it was negative two degrees, so I mean, I probably okay. would have been looking more longer than you know the ten minutes I was, ten fifteen minutes I was looking for. But weather did not permit me to actually find my car until. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Jr. I mean, you 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 teased it a little bit, but you know you've been busy here in the last little bit, and uh, you know we were trying to get together before the before the trip so we could you know give it a little preview. But you know now that it's happened, you know we've been seeing some things, new podcasts, some interviews. You got to talk to us, man. How was the Senior Bowl? What was it like? What did you do? We need all the details, my man. It was awesome, man. And when I got down there, I really didn't know what to expect because I went by myself, so. I had no idea what to expect at this event, but I had a fantastic time. And it's just amazing how much more you know coming back as opposed to when you went down. So the first day down there, it actually was the weigh-in. So just to set the setting a little bit, there's like this huge convention center with every single big executive inside of it. I mean, I walk in, I'm walking past Reggie McKenzie, John Lynch, Freddie Kitchens, and John Dorsey in his regular apparel. They're just all walking around like, we're homeboys. <laughs> so it's like a country club like atmosphere when you get there. And that's the best part about it. And those guys can just be themselves there. They don't have to worry about people running up to them, asking for autographs or, you know, a crowd of people just in an absolute melee trying to get to them. So they're just walking around and it's just like a big convention. They're just greeting each other like they haven't seen each other in years, which they probably haven't seen each other since the combine or even the senior bowl of last year. So they're just walking around and talking to each other. But once the weigh-in starts, everybody sits down. Usually all the scouts and all the executives sit down on the floor while the other guys, like us, the regular guys, were sitting in like some bleachers um, above them. So I'm sitting right behind Rick Spielman, George Payton, and Jamal Stevenson. All those guys have their legs crossed and their big binders on their laps, just sitting there just watching guys cross the stage. And it's just funny seeing like everybody just ducking their heads over nodding their heads as guys pass across stage and you can hear the oohs and ahs. I know Tyree Jackson was a guy that had some oohs and ahs and Terrell Hanks, who's a linebacker from New Mexico State, he had some oohs and ahs and some other guys as well. So it's just funny seeing the different reactions that you get uh, when you are there. And that next day, or actually that same day, excuse me, about two hours later, it's a media session where you transition to another convention center and it's just players from East, North and South team in an hour increments, you get a chance to walk around and interview each guy with their, with however you so choose. Each guy has a certain time slot. And also there's some podiums where they have more of the big notable name guys because they don't have as much time to walk around because obviously they have some more media session as well. Like Debo Samuel was one guy and Drew Locke was another guy that didn't really have to walk around and greet meet and greet every single person, but rather they just had that 30-minute podium session, and then they were off after that. So 
Uh, Will Greer was another notable name guy that actually didn't show up, and there were some rumors about that, but I think he simply just forgot that he did have a media session at that point. But that's another story for another day. But I posted some of the videos that I got with some of the guys. I know Don Reisner, Garrett Bradbury, and a host of other guys with some popular videos that I posted on Twitter. So that's kind of the setting that you get with that. And then the next three days are just practice days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I know Tuesday was the very first day of practice, and we actually got a chance to go on the field. I actually snuck onto the field. I lied and said I was a chief scout, but don't don't tell nobody else that that's how I was able to stay on the field. So they only let photographers on the field during practice and actual scouts. But I actually had a credential that it really was a scout's credential. I don't know how that happened, but I lied and said that I was a chief scout and they didn't check my name or anything. So I was able to get down on the field for all three days or actually two days, Tuesday and Thursday, because Wednesday got rained out because the weather was really bad there. But it's just really get, it's really great getting the up close and personal look at guys because you see you watch the all 22 you watch the YouTube highlights and stuff of that nature but you really don't get to see these guys behind the screen so or behind the scenes you get to peel the curtain back and really see how these guys practice and how they move around how they interact who's a leader who's more of a lead by example guy who's a vocal guy so just seeing stuff like that was really cool and if anybody's ever on the fence about attending the senior bowl I highly recommend it Okay, well, a couple questions I have for you here, and I open it up because I know I know Miles has some things I'm sure he wants to ask you because you know he's been feeling some kind of way about not going to the Senior Bowl. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you know, you, you mentioned it's like a country club atmosphere. Folks are kind of you know in a different, more relaxed setting without getting yourself into any trouble. Of all like the teams, maybe just keep it at teams and like your media outlets or whatever. Like, what groups of people did you kind of see or interact with that seemed to be having, like, the best time, the most fun when you got away from the football stuff while you were down there? Oh, it was the Cleveland Browns by far. Freddie Kitchens, man, that dude, he's hilarious. He's just walking around the bar having a great time. And you can tell, like, this trip was really him celebrating him becoming the Cleveland Browns head coach without going into too much detail. (laughs) He was really enjoying himself and uh, Alonzo Highsmith was right there by his side and I only saw John Dorsey at football related events but you can tell that Alonzo Highsmith was really like his chauffeur or his right hand man while he was down here in Mobile but the Browns overall had the most representation not just high rank executives but scouts overall Um, the team that I didn't see much of the Miami Dolphins for obvious reasons just because they don't have their personnel in place right now. So I didn't see any representatives of them. The Vikings had some really good representation as well. I actually had a chance to have a really good conversation with Jamal Stevenson at practice as he was watching the offensive lineman. He was standing right behind them. So hint, hint at that. He was standing directly behind those guys for an extended period of time. So it was really good to have a really good talk with him. And Debo Samuel was another guy that they were really interested in. They had a really long talk with him at, at the practice and Andre Patterson on Thursday, had, well, Tuesday, excuse me, he had a really long extended talk with Texas defensive end Charles O'Minihue, who really fits a lot of their traits as well. So keep an eye on those two names. But the Cleveland Browns by far and Freddie Kitchens were the people that really enjoyed the senior bowl the most. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned they were looking at the uh, the offensive linemen, but you also mentioned some non-offensive line positions, which will make Vikings fans nervous. Of the players they were watching, are, are they spread out in terms of where you would see them going in the draft or are those all early round players? Like, uh, I guess, what did you see in terms of kind of 
where are, were they all looking at first round players, second round players, or was it like all throughout the entire draft? Well, the thing about the senior bowl is kind of like scouts don't really want to show their hand too much. So they'll make sure they spend a set amount of time at each position. And the only guy that really tipped their hand a whole bunch was John Elway. Like he was looking at the quarterbacks the entire time that he was there and Dan Marino as well. Both of those guys were staying side by side, right behind the quarterbacks every time you saw them for obvious reasons, because the Dolphins, they're probably going to be looking for a quarterback. If not this year, then definitely next year. So, and John Elway is clear that they're very interested in Drew Locke, which is the guy he had extended conversations with before and after practice too. So, it's really funny seeing like these which teams really tip their hands and most of them did a really good job of not really showing their hands. But you could tell like some teams were like, oh, man, yeah, they really like this guy. Like the Packers, for example, they spent like an hour and a half just talking to Terrell Hanks, uh, the linebacker from New Mexico State. They spent like an hour and a half talking to him in the lobby. So it's clear that they have high interest in him. OK. So, Miles, I, I feel like you might have some questions for JR. Is there anything you wanted to, to get off your chest or, or, or ask him while we're talking about the Senior Bowl? Yeah, I mean, in terms of being down there, what was the what was the, the, the thing that you learned the most from the Senior Bowl trip that you don't think – like, you assume you know a lot of things going into, into scouting and, and understanding what the Senior Bowl might be about, but what was the number one thing you, you like, learned about this process that you didn't really know heading into it? Well, it's that you can't really look at every single position and that people are going to have a million different opinions based on the practice and what they saw. And you saw it on Twitter. You'd say or I'd say, oh, Daniel Jones, he doesn't look very good in practice today. And then another person will say, oh, man, Daniel Jones is throwing the crap out the ball. So there's going to be a million different evaluations of guys in practice. And then it's, it's impossible to look at every single position, every single practice. So what I learned was that just pick a day to where you want to look at a certain position. Like the first day I focused on the skill position guys, like the receivers in the corners. That's what I watched the first day, the second day or on Thursday, I really focused on the offensive and defensive linemen. So just focusing on certain spots as opposed to trying to look at the whole picture as a whole. Definitely. That's what's up. Um, last one. What, and you might've touched a little bit on it, but like in terms of your favorite, Give me your favorite offensive lineman, or favorite offensive and defensive lineman, and then favorite skill position, uh, receiver, tight end, DB, safety. So I got quite a few. Um, just offensive lineman, my favorite was Dalton Reisner, Chris Lidstrom, and Garrick Bradbury. All three of those guys, I think they got better as the event went on. They had pretty rough first days, but that's expected because – they weren't really wearing many pads, and it's really hard to play offensive line in practice without wearing pads. But once they were able to put those pads on, all those guys really started to shine, especially Bradbury. And I was really surprised that he ended up weighing over 300 pounds, which is always the biggest bugaboo about him going into the senior bowl was that is he going to weigh over 300 pounds? A lot of people were saying that he's probably going to be in the 295-pound range, but I think he ended up weighing at 304 pounds in the weigh-in, which is great for him. So – He's probably firmly going to be the number one center on a lot of teams' boards and pretty much every team talks to him before and after practice down there. So definitely those three guys. But my favorite matchup of the entire week was watching Debo Samuel and Rock Yassin going against each other in practice, just two alpha mentality types of guys. And both of those guys had exceptional senior bowls as well. So it was really good to see them two really create a nice little rivalry down there. And they really were going at it. 
in practice, but Debo definitely got the best of him. But I really became a fan of Rocky. I said I got to interview him on Monday just to get a feel for him. And I, I had had my eyes on him previously, but I really wanted to see how he did practice because I had some questions about his athleticism on film. But it was really good to see them, him put a good week together. Yeah, definitely. He looked really at least from the the practice I watched on uh, NFL Network, he looked really confident out there too. Um, yeah. Last question: Who are the who? Give me two names that really like uh, disappointed you the most. The guys that you thought came into the week that with you know somewhat big hype, and they came out of the week kind of not really showing you kind of what you expected to see from what you might have seen on tape. Well, Daniel Jones is definitely one that I thought was a bit disappointing just because of the first round potential that he's getting right now. And I just didn't see a first round player with him. And it was really windy all three practice, well, all two practice days that we did get to see. And he was just really struggling to throw the ball in the wind. And he showed some really good throws from time to time, but he was by far the biggest disappointment to me. Um, I really wasn't super disappointed in anybody else, but I probably would say, Amani Awarie, that's his name, the cornerback from Penn State. I thought he really wasn't as good as I thought he would be. And Nasir Adderley, I thought he was a bit disappointing as well. But just going back and thinking about it, they put him in a lot of man coverage situations. And that's just not where his game is dictated because he's a single high safety. But now I know coming out of this event that he cannot be a nickel guy at all because he is a bit stiff when he is playing nickel and man coverage. So he does. He's strictly a one high safety. Definitely. That's awesome. All right. Well, JR, you talked about it. You talked about him. And, yeah, you know, you, you talked about some of the other interviews you got to do. But, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, a big announcement you have coming up here. You mentioned the man, uh, one of the most favorite people, been talked about on Vikings Twitter since about the midpoint in the season where people, I think, started to come to the realization that things might not go the way we wanted them to in 2018. And we're really talking and focusing in on those offensive linemen. So, JR, my man, why don't you tell the people a little bit about this new adventure you got going on here? And, uh, yeah, you're the first guest that you had on the new pod. Yeah, so I've partnered with Kevin Jones and a company called Blue Wire Podcast. It's one of the fastest growing podcast, podcast networks in the entire country. And he reached out to me and said that they needed a draft guy. And I was very welcoming of that. Uh, we sat down and talked some things over. And, he wanted to have a headliner guy on the first episode. And that was the main reason. One of the biggest reasons why I wanted to come out of the senior bowl with a headliner name on the first episode of the podcast. And I reached out to Don Reisner my very first day down there. He actually was the first person that I interviewed. And you guys saw the Twitter clip that I posted. And after I posted that, he was like, Hey man, I really like what you're doing. You asked some really good questions, you know, keep in touch. So we exchanged numbers and I reached out to him and, just asked him to be my first guest and he was very welcoming and interview was fantastic. So go on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever platform that you love to use Spotify and look at the draft board. That's the name of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Boom. Y'all heard the man, the draft board with Jordan Reed. Check it out. And uh, yeah, subscribe, like review, all those good things. And when you're done doing that, if you haven't done those for our podcast, do all those good things for us, too. Okay. Switching gears. Miles. Uh, you've been talking for a little while. You've been cooking up some stuff for us, you know, talking about fixing the offensive line. You did some work on that. Uh, 
couple great articles that if you're listening and haven't checked them out already, make sure you do that. I will put those back in the show notes. But um, you've also been teasing us a little bit about some other things that you might be working on here, some different directions the Vikings might be able to go. Uh, could, could you give us a little bit more, some details on what you might be working on for us there, what people should be looking for? They, they should guess if they've uh, seen anything on your Twitter timeline. But if, if for the folks that don't follow you or haven't been paying attention, what you got yeah. in the works? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really big into, I think, I've, I've been saying for a while, and I think this offseason needs to really be a, about addressing the offense. Uh, I think that's going to be what really makes the difference for the Vikings moving forward is how they can improve their offense because we know under Mike Zimmer that they're going to have a good defense, even if they were to lose a key player or two. Um, they'll always be competitive, always be a really good defense, and they don't need to be a top one to two defense to be successful, um, especially if they're willing to improve their offense to do it. Um, so for me, I've really been looking at ways to – on how they can improve the offense. And I, I like I, like you said, Jason, I, I really started with the offensive line. I wanted to find some solutions to, to some names that I feel like they could potentially address to bring in this offseason, draft and free agency or trade. Um, and now I'm looking at uh, skill position players. Uh, wide receiver and tight end are probably the top two for me and kind of how they can address that, I think. If they can go out and find a you know pretty solid veteran, uh, cheap for cheap, and in free agency as long and as well as um, I, I I believe the tight end should be through the draft, but I mean, wouldn't surprise me if they're looking for a guy like Max Williams in free agency. So I'm really kind of piecing together. It'll probably turn into two articles on on some names to keep an eye on for um, what the Vikings could do to address um, those two positions specifically on offense. Awesome, man. And I guess, you know, bringing it back a little bit there, JR, uh, based on what Miles was talking about there and the positions that, you know, maybe we should be looking at, was there anyone in, in those groups that really stood out for you uh, that the Vikings should be taking a look at while you were down at the Senior Bowl? Uh, yeah, I mean, wide receiver is definitely one that I think they will address. They had their eyes on tight end as well. They really were kind of glued to that as well, even though I didn't really like any of the tight ends down there. Um, none of them really stood out, in my opinion. Max Redman or Raymond, excuse me, probably was the best one of the group that was down there. I was expecting a little bit more out of Josh Oliver and uh, Donald Parham got injured after the first day, but he's a long way away from being the contributor. So, uh, wide receiver three is definitely someone or an area that they could look to improve. Jacoby Myers is a name from NC State and Travis Pulgum. From, all, from Old Dominion, I thought he had a fantastic third day of practice as well. And those are third, fourth, or fifth round guys that they definitely could take a look at. All right. Okay. Well, the moment that everyone, I'm sure, has been waiting on here, because this is a Vikings podcast, so why not have an episode where we talk very little about the current Vikings roster? Because, again, it's the offseason. And what are we going to say other than we're disappointed about this last season and Kirk Cousins probably needs to be a little bit better, but the offensive line needs to get fixed and we need to get him some weapons. So we'll continue to talk about those things, and Miles is going to give us some more details on uh, fixing the weapons. He's already written about the offensive line. But there are new leagues coming, new football. More football. So the Super Bowl happens. We'll all watch that. And then we enter that part of the season that everyone not named really uh, JR and Miles start to get depressed because there's no football to watch. More football is here. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Not in depth because how could we? 
But we're going to talk about it just a little bit because we got the Alliance of American Football on the way. And it's time. The Vikings bring us heartbreak over and over and over again. Gentlemen, it's time for you to pick new teams that will bring you something other than heartbreak as this new league launches. I need each of you to let me know who's going to win it all. And what team are you riding with here as the uh, AAF kicks off? So, actually, no, Saxy Prince. I haven't heard from you in a while, and it's making me nervous. Lead us off here. Let me know. Who's your squad? Who are you rolling with? And and most importantly, why are you rolling with them? Yeah, man, I can I could not um I could not not pick this team, right? Because this team is 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 filled with uh former Minnesota Gopher Golden Gopher players. As soon as I saw the roster, I'm like, this is gonna be the squad that's gonna win it. Has Marius Travis safety, it has Andrew Stelter, defensive tackle. Yeah, even a former Gopher QB left the Gophers, and yeah, he has some off, uh, 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 off the field issues. But the San Diego Fleet, y'all, that is going to be the team that's going to bring home the the can we call it the mini bowl? Is that what it what the, what the championship would be? The mini bowl, something like that. Oh no, I probably should have looked that up before we started talking about it. But I have no idea. We'll find that out by the next episode, though. It also has some former. You know, some former Vikings people, you know, Brandon Hodges. Uh, I sure I'm sure we don't remember who he is. Um, that's all I got for the time being. But I'm telling you all, this is going to be the squad that's going to be bringing us the uh, bringing us that uh, little bit of satisfaction that we did not get from this past season from the Vikings. So I'm going with the San Diego fleet. OK, the San Diego fleet. Miles Gorham. Are you ready to give me some uh, deep dive analysis on the AAF? Oh, yeah. Who is your squad? Who's bringing it home for us? Who is going to help you erase the sadness that was this past Viking season? Yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel to the, the, the Midwest, a little a further, a little further southwest from here. I'm going to go down to Utah and Salt Lake. Uh, the Salt Lake, what are they? The Salt Lake Stallions. I mean, they they look poised to be to be that new up and coming dynasty in this AFF, AFF, AAF. How are you get it, get it together, man. Come on. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, I mean, if we're looking for greatness, I, I know Vikings fans remember Matt Asiata. I mean, the guy is the king of the averaging two point nothing yards a carry. It's 2.9, 2.9. And getting three touchdowns a game. So, that, that, I mean, what more do you need? Run the ball with him 50 times a game. They're going to win every game. You can't, that's unstoppable. But they also have a couple of receivers that I like. Um, Kenny Bell from that went to Nebraska. Um, I liked him coming out a little bit. Jordan Leslie uh, to BYU. And then Adonis Jennings, uh, got a temple that I liked last year uh, that I thought would maybe stick somewhere. But, and then uh, Vikings. Vikings fans' favorite, uh, Nick Truesdale, uh, the athletic freak from a few years back. Uh, looks like he's going to be balling in the, for Salt Lake. Was that the Arena League dude? Yeah, yeah. He's okay. making the rounds. Okay, all right. Just he going to play in every league? Every yeah. league has a uh... – okay, all right. I don't know anybody on the defensive side, though. I... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be legit. That could be a problem. JR, how about you, man? Uh, who are you picking to win this whole thing to help you forget the sadness of the last Viking season? 
Oh, it's the Memphis Express. Without question. We oh, have the best quarterback too. competition. And the we best, have the best, we have the best quarterback competition in the league because one's going to win the starting job. We're probably going to have to end up trading one to a quarterback needy team. We have the battle for QB1 between Zach Mettenberger and Christian Hackenberg. Two guys that we, <laughs> two guys that we feel really good about. But somebody's got to lose the quarterback competition in training camp. So we're going to see. The season starts next week. So we're going to see. We don't know who we're going to try out there first, but we'll see. We got Zach Stacy behind him. He had a couple good years with the Rams. Bounced around the league after that. All the other surrounding parts don't really matter at this point. Now, on defense, it is led by Charles James, the guy that somehow shows up on the NFL Network Top 100 every year just to talk junk about other guys. That's the leader of the defense. So we feel good about our quarterback situation. We have a stable running back. We're still working on the other parts, but we feel good about Charles James on defense. I mean, but given the quarterbacks you just listed, you're not worried at all about the <laughs> offensive line? Because I feel like you might need to have an offensive line. Maybe. We're not going to worry about all that right now. Okay. We just, you know, we got we to start at the top right now. We feel good about our quarterback situation, and we'll go from there. <laughs> well, uh, just, you know, to round this thing, the team that's actually going to, you know, hold it down, win this whole thing is obviously the Atlanta Legends. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, they have – Okay, one of the the three quarterbacks in, in probably this whole league that I'd actually heard of uh, in Aaron Murray. And uh, they got Denard Robinson at running back, Akram Wadley, who was a favorite of draft Twitter for some reason. But he's on this team, so, you know, he must be okay. Miles' yeah, guy, Bug, Bug Howard. <laughs> okay, that's about it for people I recognize in the roster. You know, Avery yeah. Genesee, I feel like he might have passed through. Was it the Browns? Oh, God. I actually like Genesee. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've seen his name somewhere before. So, you know, he's on the roster. And then, like most of these, Brandon Watts, former Viking, holding it down in the linebacking core. And um, yeah, that's about it. Peter Pujols, the backup quarterback. He was with the Vikings last year. Oh, God. See, look at that. He sure was. Appreciate that. <laughs> there we go. That's the squad. It's the squad. The Atlanta Legends. Go hold it down. Y'all, we got to have a friendly wager with all these teams. I mean, we know the San Diego fleet is going to come and, and, and win the sweep of the competition, but, you know, we got to have some kind of CTP friendly wagers that we got or, or on the winning squad by the end of this uh, mini bowl. I'm going to call it the mini bowl. I don't know what it's actually called. All right, well, we'll work on that for the next episode. You can come up with something. Something. Okay, cool. We'll, 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 we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Well, uh, huh. Yeah, that's, that's really it. That's all. There's not really much else we need to really get into now. We got a long off season. You know, the QB annual came out this uh this this past week. You know, my man Dr. Eric Eager's been making rounds. We may bring him in to you know talk a little Kirk Cousins Vikings quarterback situation. Uh, but we're gonna space some things out because we got a long time, a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh yeah, we just had to get back into the routine, back into the saddle. So that's it. That's all. Before we get up out of here, Jr., because you are, uh, you know, among the hardest working men in a uh, draft business, show business. What you got cooking up, man? What else, other than the new pod, should people be on the lookout for? Uh, just putting up some scouting reports on Cover One of various guys. We're not really, you know, targeting one certain position. It's kind of just random at this point. But next Friday, I'll be releasing my top fifty. So be on the lookout for that. Ooh, top 50. 
All right. Any uh any anyone in there that's gonna be like a real big surprise that we should be looking for? Not really. And I mean it's just some more most notable names at this point. I don't have anybody that nobody's ever heard of or anything like that. Okay. All right. Miles, we talked about it a little bit, but I guess uh you know, when should folks expect maybe part one of this series that you're working on? Yeah, I'll have a drop next week. And then oh. I'll I'll be posting some uh probably some gifts and stuff on on Twitter. Boom, that's what I'm talking about. It gets cold and Miles gets to work. Saxy Prince. Yeah, man. Your computer still work? It does. <laughs> <laughs> he called you. We can't, even, we, we can't even make we can't even make jokes about my computer after after the beginning of the how the beginning of the show started. But hey, hey, hey mine just had to warm up a little bit. We're good. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Crank it up. I, I think I'm gonna um start. Yeah, obviously once this uh, polar vortex gets over, start rewatching the season. Uh, give some thoughts on probably each game, really, to see what I'm what I'm reviewing as far as the tape and whatnot. So, all right, that's what I'm talking about. But right. oh, what's up, John? Nah, see, see, after talking about your laptop, Prince Jr. Yeah, exactly. and, and it was all gone. There was just nothing there, nothing there but AOL. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, listeners, if you're still here, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, gentlemen, as always, thanks for coming on, chopping it up, talking some football. Um, I guess talking a little Vikings, but not really. And, uh, yeah, if you want to hear more about JR's awesome time at the Senior Bowl, make sure you go over, subscribe to the new pod, leave a review, and he'll be having some uh, some more interviews on the way. And uh, I think he also teased that he might be having some things upcoming with some other draft personalities and things of that sort. So check it out. Support the man. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We're up out of here. We will talk to you all soon. Have a good one. Or we won't. Or we won't, you know. Either way. <laughs> Either way it all works. It is funny. It is funny though that like a lot of these teams, like I mean, a lot of the guys that they brought in are just dudes from that state. Well, yeah, I think that's part of the, the whole draw. I think one of the things is like local talent or whatever. Yeah, they they do. Like, hopefully, they can expand next year and then, you know add on like another you know four teams or whatever the case is. But yo, they got Demontre Moore on this team. Wasn't he like a second round pick? Damn. All right. All right, all right. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.